This program is brought to you by the Living Church Boise. You are listening to Restart Hope with Pastor Joel Sicker. Job, sadly, he doesn't remember what he just told his wife. Can we only receive good from God and not evil? He's forgotten about it. But you need to remember that God, even in your darkest of nights, he has a purpose. Job was not suffering in vain. And you are not suffering in vain. Please listen to me. My point number one, I want to tie it together. Hardships can leave you on a pile of ashes. Trying to find temporary relief. You might have gone 12 years with your child that's struggling and suffering. You might have gone 24 years in a marriage with someone that you just cannot get along with. But I want to tell you, there's meaning in what you're walking through. There's a purpose behind it. God is a purposeful God. He created you with a purpose. He knit you together with a purpose. He gave you your chemical composition for a purpose. The reason why you think that your temptation that you have to fight has a purpose in it. You might be struggling with tendencies that is not right, but there's a purpose. Even in your failures, God is able to take what the enemy meant for evil and turn it for good. There's a purpose in it. And I want you to know that there's great breakthrough and joy when you can finally rest. Even in your pain, and in your suffering and say isn't the name of Jesus beautiful because chains are broken when it's spoken and every knee will bow and because of that I know that I can trust him he is powerful he knows what he's doing my future is in his hands my past failures are in his hands and my life has a purpose this season in my life has a purpose the season that I went through when I was a teenager had a purpose my dad might have said things that only Satan would tell me but even in that God is able to use it for his purpose God has a purpose God has a purpose God has a purpose for where you are right now God has a purpose for where you're sitting right now God has a purpose for the family that you're in right now God has a purpose for the job you're in right now God has a purpose for the job that you just got quit and and fired from God has a purpose for the country that you're in right now God has a purpose for the president that's over this country right now God has a purpose God has a purpose. This doesn't mean that we just sit back. It means we play the part that God's calling you to play. Sometimes God will walk you through persecution because God has a purpose because God is sick and tired of the church being lazy. And God will say, it's time for you boys to get out of Jerusalem and go into all the world. And so you know what? I'm going to let some fire start up over here so that you guys would go out. God will bring suffering. God will bring allegations. God will bring slander against you so that you wake up and take close note and be familiar with the schemes of the enemy. Listen, where you are, God has a purpose. God has a purpose for where you are right now. God has a purpose why your life is being delayed. God has a purpose why doors were closed. God has a purpose why certain doors were open and why God is still saying no. God has a purpose. Do you get me? God has a purpose. Does not God have a purpose for why Job is sitting on an ash hill with pottery in his hand scratching himself yes God has a purpose even in the darkest day of your life God has a purpose God has a purpose when the storms in your life God has a purpose when people are hungry in the wilderness God has a purpose when you're walking 40 years in the wilderness God has a purpose we don't serve a God who's purposeless you might feel hopeless but hope is not lost because we have a God who has a purpose for your life in fact one of the things that's kept me sane uh, partially (laughs) is because I know I know I might be alone I might fail I might feel weak I might make a fool of myself but God has a purpose for my life (laughs) 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you that you have a purpose for each and every person sitting over here. In your suffering right now, I want you to know that one of the purposes that God has for your life in your suffering right now that I can say without a shadow of a doubt is for you to learn from it so that you can encourage others that are suffering the same way. And if we can be a church, if we can be believers that have the audacity, please listen to me now, I said this before uh, our time of worship, if we as a church can have the audacity to go out into the world and say, look at me, I'm struggling, but look at me, Peter, Peter and John. The, the beggar looked at him I'm telling you the world has a right to look at you because you claim to worship a God who has purpose and they're going to look at you and let's be a church that has the audacity to look at a hopeless world and to say in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus rise up and walk and not, not walk away but lift him up lift him up in the name of Jesus rise up and walk and pick them up because your God has a purpose because your God has picked you up and you might be sitting in an ash heap with pottery and we're going to before we close, man, you're not going to be sitting there anymore because you're going to be empowered with the truth from God's word to go out into a hopeless world and bring hope. In fact, that's why the mission for our church is that we as believers will, will, will be so authentically in love with Jesus that our intimacy with Christ will compel the crippled, will compel those who are sitting on the ash heap to be like, I want to find purpose in Jesus too. Anybody with me? Good. I see one hand going up. Amen. Good, good, good. Don't waste your suffering. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort. He's a God who's purposeful in your suffering. And because of that, he's a God of compassion. He's a God of all comfort because even in your suffering, he has a purpose in it. And what does he do? He comforts us in all our troubles. He comforts you in all your troubles. He's comforting you right now in all your troubles. In all your troubles, he's comforting you right now saying, there's a purpose, there's a purpose, there's a purpose. Why? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Now don't come here and try to comfort those who don't need your comfort and then feel like no one wants to listen to me in church. The ministry happened outside the church. The ministry happened in Walmart. The ministry happened in the cigar store. The ministry happened in the construction sites. The ministry happened downtown. The ministry happened in the gay pride parade. Don't come here and say no one respects me. Yes, they won't respect you. Get out over there. Go out into the world. Make use of your suffering. Walk like a soldier. Walk like your king has a purpose for your life. Man, I got beat up. Man, I've been through divorce. Man, I had to bury my child. Yeah, in the church, no one might want to listen to your testimony, but out there are people who have no hope. Amen. <laughs> Open your mouth. Open your life. God has a purpose for your suffering. Take it out into the streets. Yeah. Burn the place for Jesus, man. I mean, not literally. <laughs> The pastor told me to do it. <laughs> I love grace. I love grace. Um, carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you will fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you'll fulfill the law of Christ. Number two. You're one of the ways we waste your suffering. Just because you're hurting, man. Just because you're hurting. Do not crucify yourself between the two thieves of regret and fear. Do not kill yourselves between regret and fear. Oftentimes, when you're going through hard times, you regret. And regret is looking at the past and, 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 and thinking about the things that you cannot change. And that brings fear so you cannot face the future. And the things that actually God wants to encourage you with, you're too frightened to walk in it. Regrets are thoughts that look back on things that you cannot change. And that creates fear for the future that you cannot control. If only, I wish I did, or I wish I didn't. My mom 
uh, she's given me some really amazing advice in little stories and one lines. And one of the things that she told me uh, when I was very young, she said, there's no point crying over spilt milk. Once your milk spills, no point crying over it. What's happened has happened. Wipe it up, pour yourself another glass of milk. If you're too poor, you don't have enough milk, add water to it, pray in faith, and drink your water. Okay? <laughs> if only I didn't, if only I did, if only I didn't say that, if only I didn't do that, if only I didn't point to that person, if only I didn't wear that, if only I didn't go there, if only I went there, if only I paid that, if only I didn't pay that. Regrets, 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 regrets. Fearing what you did in the past and fearing what's going to happen in the future. The Bible tells me in 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 10, godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. Can I get an amen for that? Because that is beautiful. Godly sorrow will bring repentance and that repentance will lead to salvation. There's healing in his name. There's salvation in his name. And it leaves no regrets. It leaves no regrets. But worldly sorrow, on the other hand, it brings death. And regrets will bring death. Fear will bring death. Satan will bring regrets. And Satan brings death. He comes to kill. He comes to steal. He comes to destroy. I know that sitting in a room of this size and people watching at home, every single person has things that we regret. And what happens when you go through hard times, when you're sitting on your heap of ash with your pottery in your hand, you know what Satan loves to bring? Your regrets. It's because you did this, this is happening. And Job's friends are going to be fantastic drummers for this song. We'll get to that. The Bible tells me also in 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all our unrighteousness. If we confess our sins, I hope there's a lot of confession going on right now in these, in these chairs and at homes. Confessing your sins, confessing your sins. Lord, I have sinned against you. Against you and you alone have I sinned. And the minute you confess, there's forgiveness, there's grace. And the Bible tells me there's no regrets. You're able to still walk with your head held high. I like David, how he's caught with Bathsheba. And Nathan comes and says, David, that man who took advantage of the poor neighbor is you. And David says, I've sinned, I've sinned. And Nathan immediately says, and God has forgiven you of your sins. This is Old Testament. God has forgiven you, David. And the, the chapter does not end without David getting back on the throne, putting on his crown, and going into battle and winning the battle. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you that I don't need to live in regrets. I don't need to live in worldly sorrow that brings death. But I can confess my sins to you now because his name is beautiful. His name is powerful. There's forgiveness in his name. There's healing in his name. There's salvation in his name. I can come to him. I can come into the throne room of grace and it leaves no regrets. And he will purify me from all my unrighteousness. Job chapter 3 verse 11. Look at how he regrets the things that he cannot change. Chapter 3 verse 11, sorry. Why? Did I not die at birth? Why did I not die at birth? Could he control his birth? No. And he's saying, why did I not? Like as if he had a, a, an option, as if he had a choice in it. As if he decided, you know what? I'll be born. Fine, I will live. Why did I not die at my birth? Come out from the womb and expire. Why did the knees receive me? Or why did the breast that I should nurse? For then I would have lain down and been quiet. I would have slept. And then I would have been at rest. Can I get a, real, can I get a little real with you? 
you're still breathing. You're still alive. You've not been crucified yet. You're not on your deathbed. Neither is Job. He's still alive. Do not kill yourself with regrets and with fear. Sure, your blunder and your failure might be very recent. Yes, there has to be godly sorrow that leads to repentance. Yes, there has to be true repentance. But there's a fine line between regret and repentance. Regret is you trying to earn your own salvation. Repentance is being able to say, isn't the name of Jesus so beautiful? You're turning away from your works and you're falling, you're throwing yourself at the mercy of Jesus. You're falling completely on him. You're not regretting the day you were born. You're not regretting the mistakes you made. You're not regretting the awful, terrible things you said to people. You're repenting from that and you're looking to Jesus. <clears throat> you're still breathing. You're still alive. Don't waste your life with regrets. From verse 14 to verse 20, it's just a bunch of what ifs and if only. He says, man, if I died, I'd be with the kings and counselors of the earth who rebuild the ruins for themselves. Or maybe the princes who had gold or filled their houses with silver. Why was I not as a hidden, stillborn child, an infant who never seen the light that the wicked sees from troubling? He's even envying the wicked. Job was a righteous man, a man with integrity. He's envying the prisoners who have died, who had eased together with not being able to hear the voices of the taskmasters. And he says, the small and the great are that the slave is free from their master. Why is light given to them? Who's in misery and life to the bitter in soul. Job, you're a successful man. You're not in your deathbed. Yes, you're sitting on a heap of ash. And, and, and don't get me wrong, it's absolutely fine for you to be sorrowful. Be sorrowful. It's okay for you to be sad. It's okay for you to groan. And it's okay for you out of frustration to say things that you regret. But this is not where God wants us to live. Because regret will blind you from reality. Regret will blind you from reality. Regret will blind you from reality. Because when you're regretting your failures, you assign your mistakes to who you are, your character. You assign your mistakes to your personality. That's all the time we have for today, but we would like to hear from you. Our address is P.O. Box 2014 Eagle, Idaho. 83616. You can also listen to this message and more on the Living Church Boise app, available in your app store.